This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back. I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome Tate uh, Durier. Welcome, Tate. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah. What would you like the audience to know about yourself? Well, I'm a longtime real estate investor. Um, would have been a full-time real estate entrepreneur from college days uh, had I not gone into flying. I've got uh, a big family background in aviation, started flying airplanes when I was about 11 years old. And um, the, it kind of is my, my, my two passions, flying and real estate and just all the, the freedom that goes into both. Um, so now I get to do both of those things on a daily basis and, uh, and it's a real blast. Fantastic. And how did you get started with real estate investing? I tell you what, I, I've always had sort of an intrinsic attraction to, to real estate and the idea of financial freedom. I would have made a, a great trust fund kid. I, I, uh, <laughs> I love adventuring. I love travel. You know, I, I surf, dive, sail skydive, you know, I love, love doing adventurous stuff. And, and so the time freedom that I knew that real estate would provide at a very young age, I, I read Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was in high school, actually. Mm. And it really gave me this, this sense of, okay, that's what I want. I want to create uh, time freedom for myself and location freedom for myself uh, so that I can go and enjoy those things. Okay. So I, I, I pursued real estate, um, Pretty aggressively uh, in my early 20s, started buying uh, single family homes uh, as soon as I could afford it, as soon as my aviation career, which had blossomed by that point, um, meant I could afford it. I, I dove headlong and uh, and here I am a decade and a half later, and um, I'm sure we can get into that. Awesome. And are you currently investing passively or actively or a bit of both? Both. Uh, I'm a Big passive investor, uh, switched gears about six, seven years ago from active investing. You know, I I always had the plan to buy, you know, 20, 50, 100 unit apartment complexes. And, you know, as I was pursuing that um, by attending real estate conferences and building my network, I took a hard left turn. You know, your last episode was with uh, Ryan Gibson at Spartan Investment Group. He was one of the first people that I met at a real estate conference being a, a fellow aviator. And, um, you know, the, the idea of, of passive investing in syndications came along. I had not come across that before. And I realized that, you know, if I was going to be setting out to buy a hundred unit apartment complex for my personal portfolio, I was going to be competing against someone like, like Ryan or, uh, or another multifamily syndicator that really knows their, their stuff and has all the broker relationships and has the lender relationships. And it was sort of a, if you can't beat them, join them moment where it was like, Hey, why, why am I beating my my head against the wall, trying to build my own personal portfolio into something that's very complex and large when I make a great income with my W2. And if I get to know some, some really top tier operators, I can sort of hitch my wagon to their horse and enjoy some more of that time freedom that I was always looking for. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I mean, real estate is a team sport. You can do it all on your own, but you're going to do it all uh, pretty poorly in my mind. Uh, exactly. No, I mean, no, no offense for you specifically, but, oh, <laughs> but just course. in general. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, so you're with uh, Turbine Capital right now. Uh, what do you do with them? 
So I founded the company and uh, I'm the managing principal, uh, founded this company three and a half years ago uh, in order to bring more streamlined access and, and awareness to the aviation community uh, about passive real estate investing. You know, I think uh, airline pilots are very akin to doctors professionally. We make a, a lot of money. We're highly skilled at one specific thing. Uh, if anything were to happen to, you know, our ability to generate that income, it would um, radically and very negatively impact our lives. And uh, most pilots, just like most doctors, before they get exposure to real estate, are very heavy in the stock market. So they're very market cyclical. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of passive income streams. There are some pilots that that you know have gone out there and started buying rental properties, but they sort of run into the same headaches that I did, where you know now you're managing this big big portfolio, and you you may want to scale your real estate holdings without scaling your headaches. Uh, so the the passive income and passive real estate investing um, landscape out there is is still sort of foreign to a lot of aviation professionals. And, and I thought that needed to change. Fantastic. And, and that's interesting. You made the similarity between pilots and, and uh, doctors. My father is actually both. He's a doctor who has a pilot's license and he flies a single engine Cessna around rural areas to do his doctrine. That's but, incredible. Yep. Yep. Incredible. So I, I really liken, uh, you know, syndication investing to uh, buying a ticket on an airliner mm. versus flying that that airplane on the weekend, right? So if you look at, you know, um, someone who's out there sending out mailers and trying to buy single family homes for their own personal portfolio, that's exactly like, like, uh, you know, your, you said your father, father-in-law, mm -hmm. father, uh, father, your father. That's amazing. It's actually, it's exactly like your father, you know, flying that airplane on the weekends while it might be good fun. And it, it is, I fly general aviation as well. You know, it's a lot different than buying a ticket on Delta United or American, where you're you're getting a seat on an airliner going from point A to point B, and it's being flown by a professional flight crew who is qualified and has an entire career of experience behind them in guiding that airplane safely from point A to point B. Um, there's just so many similarities in in that real estate syndication model versus doing it yourself, even, even down to the fact that it's crowdfunded, right? Like all those, those tickets, all those people on that airplane are sort of crowdfunding this big airplane going from point A to point B, like a, like a big commercial property. So, you know, I, I like that. I haven't been explained to me exactly like that, but I think that's a really good similarity of how syndication works and, you know, how does turbine work? Like, is it a, technically a syndication company or, or what would investors, you know, experience if they were to invest with you? Yeah, we're a fund. So essentially, we are, for lack of a better term, we're a middleman, right? But it's very important to me when I was building this company and building it in a similar manner to a lot of physician groups that that uh, not only educate the doctor groups, but uh, but also pool capital from physicians in order to invest as a group. Very important to me that that our investors weren't experiencing any sort of economic drag by investing through us, but instead that it's a benefit to invest through us. So what we've been able to do is create this win-win-win situation where it's a win to our investors because we have a very sophisticated board of advisors and uh, you know we look at about 50 deals a month and cherry pick from, from those to offer only the best ones that, that we see on our platform that have the best risk-adjusted returns. 
we shred underwriting. We we look at uh, you know we will spend six to 12 months in due diligence with a sponsor before, before jumping in with them. It's just not something that you can do as an individual. You know, you can't spend, um, you know, well into five figures on, on diligence on a deal when you're only investing $50,000 to begin <laughs> with. Right. So it's a benefit for our investors. It's a benefit for the sponsors that we work with because, you know, if they, if they are good at what they do and they bring great deals, then, then, um, you know, we can assist them in some of the capital raising efforts because it's a myth that if you have a good deal, capital will just show up. You have to, you know, capital raising is a big portion of the efforts that syndications put forth, right? So if we can be a capital partner to those syndicators, um, that provides value to them. And then what's great is we're able to, by leveraging large sums of money, we are able to create better economics for ourselves and for our investors by taking a larger split. So you probably, if any of your listeners are, are familiar with the syndication world, which I'm sure you are, uh, I'm sure you've seen that a lot of syndicators have multiple share classes. We'll, we'll, we'll always go after that that top tier share class that has the best waterfall. And then we can take a, a small portion of that delta for for compensation for the fund. So this sounds to me like a fund to funds model where you're coming in on the limited partner side. Is that right? Exactly. That's correct. Most of the deals that we do are fund funds model. We've uh, we've actually just closed our uh, our first deal that we are uh, a co-GP on. Uh, very excited on the, that one. It's a land deal in Colorado, which uh, is super exciting. But uh, most of the deals that we do are fund to funds. Okay. And I know different people structure their fund of funds differently. Uh, for an investor investing with you or through you rather, are they uh, do they decide where specific properties their money goes with or is it more of a kind of a slush fund that you know spread across multiple properties? So we get that question a lot and it's a really good one to to explore. So the issue with being a slush fund is that you could be construed by the SEC as acting as a registered investment advisor, which we are not. Right, and most people running fund of funds um, are not going to be registered as RIAs. So uh, we stay far away from that. We say, hey, we we do one fund at a time, one deal at a time. So if it makes it on our platform, it's something that's been thoroughly vetted by by us and our team. Um, but we're not going to do that selection for you. So if you're on our list, you're going to see the deals that that we like and that we're personally investing in. We put it on our platform. And if you'd like to participate, great. If not, you can watch it go under the bridge and there's no diversification. Uh, you know, if you invest in one deal, you're not diversified across all of our deals. It's, it's, uh, it's one by one. Okay. Yeah, I really like that. So how can a passive investor determine whether or not uh, you and your team are a good match for what they're looking for in investment partners? You know, uh, obviously, if you're a pilot, come on over because uh, you know we have a a very large and growing community of of aviation professionals. Um, and so we're we're your team, right? Um, and we are the the only syndication group, the only private equity fund uh, that is tailored directly for pilots. So if you're an aviation professional, we're we're your people. Come on over. It's a it's a it's a great community. The Passive Income Pilots podcast is also um, I'm, I'm the co-host of that with Ryan Gibson. Um, we're building a really cool community of uh, of pilots there. We have lots of investors that aren't pilots, but um, you know all the same sort of you know intrinsic things apply uh, to anybody with a high income W two professional. Uh, there's certainly some things to learn. So. Really, uh, I think it comes down to who you like doing business with. You know, um, 
you gotta, you gotta enjoy what you're doing and, and, uh, and click with, with people that you're working with. And so, so, uh, I, that's kind of the best answer that I've got. I think we, I think we've done a, a very good job of putting a, an advisory team in place where we can accomplish uh, very thorough and sophisticated due diligence. But uh, at the end of the day, if, if it's a, if it's a group of people that you get along with and then, you know, what else can you ask for? Sure. And what kind of deals do you typically bring to your investors? Great question. Uh, quite a diversified flavor of offerings. This is one of the benefits of being a fund is that, you know, if you're a multifamily syndicator, you're an operator, right? It could take you a, the better part of a decade to transition into self-storage or industrial because it's might be a different geography, uh, different brokers, different lenders. Uh, you've got a whole different set of relationships that you're going to have to build. Being a fund, we can pivot quite quickly by you know first identifying sort of macroeconomic trends that we want to follow, um, and then it, from that point chasing down the the best operators in that asset class. And we get we can get spooled up in three to six months on everything we need to know in order to intelligently select from that asset class. So we've participated in multifamily self-storage, mobile home parks. Uh, we just had our first oil and gas fund, which uh, we're very, very excited about. Uh, we are just in the process, uh, closing in a week on this uh, land entitlement deal in uh, in Colorado. Um, we've dabbled in some short-term rental stuff. So uh, institutional quality, short-term rental. So a pretty broad, diverse offering uh, basket. And we like to, to sort of provide a a nice menu of diverse options for our investors so that uh, so that if if we are the only uh, company that they're working with in order to source passive real estate opportunities and alternatives uh, that they have a good opportunity to sort of balance cash flow appreciation um, tax but deals with better tax benefits deals with no tax benefits things like that okay now, my next question would be contingent upon the market as well as the asset class, of course. But what typical returns do you aim for in the investments that you bring to your investments or investors? I think that it completely depends on the asset class and um, you know the risk profile. Usually, I, I think that you know we could all agree that um, backing out somewhere around a seventeen percent IRR is is what you know sophisticated passive investors will get out of bed for these days. Um, so so we're looking at at projecting somewhere in that neighborhood. I think the important thing though there is not to get caught up on the projections. You know, the the projections are like the exterior of a new car. But the the underwriting is popping the hood and looking at the engine and the transmission and sort of what's driving those projections. So you, know, you could present a fifty percent IRR, but who cares if if the numbers that are driving that fifty percent IRR projection um, are based on, as Neil Bawa said, likes to say, hopium, right? <laughs> if it's just uh, if it's just fluff, if it's if it's very likely unattainable, then uh, then who cares, right? So we have to look at the risk adjusted uh, returns and what the probability of those outcomes are. So. Uh, a lot more goes into it than uh, than just those output numbers that uh, that are nice and shiny on the on the offering memorandum, right? 
Yep, that's perfectly understandable. And I like to say all projections, all pro forma is wrong. Like it, you know, right. real estate never never works out the exact way that you plan for it or expect to. Exactly. Like what, what's going to be happening in a year from now? Uh, like who knows? Anything yeah. could happen. We could have another Precisely. pandemic or, or whatever. Um, all right. So tell me about uh, what is your favorite deal that you've ever invested in? My favorite deal that I have ever invested in, it was probably my first one. Um, it was terrifying. Um, it was a single family home in Las Vegas in 2011. I bought it sight unseen. I was 23, 24 years old. And I showed up in a taxi having closed on it. And um, there, this was before Uber, which is crazy. Uh, so I got off the plane in Vegas. I, I didn't live in Vegas at the time and showed up in front of this house and all the doors were open. The moving trucks were in the driveway. There was a landscaping company mowing the lawn. And I just went, what have I done? What have I done? I've made some terrible mistake. This is, this is going to financially ruin me. Um, but you know, that, that was the first and I think in real estate, we all we all know as we get more experience that that as you build momentum, it gets easier and easier. So the first deal is always the hardest, and from there, it you know it just accelerates upon itself, and and you build cash flow, you build confidence, and you build your network. So I'd say the first one, yeah, fantastic. And then tell me about a problem that you've encountered with one of your real estate investments, and how was it handled? Uh, well, let's see probably talk about this one, um, lost all my money in a, um, a ground up development project in Hawaii. Uh, I live part-time in Honolulu, Hawaii. And before I was very experienced in the passive world, uh, was presented an opportunity to invest in a, it's about five story, um, hundred unit ish, uh, affordable housing development, uh, on the other side of the island. Well, I learned very quickly why you want to be very careful where you invest in a development project. You want to invest in states that are developer-friendly. Um, ran into all sorts of problems, but uh, in any case, that project was um, God, a long time ago. I can't remember exactly how long ago it was, but it was finally purchased a couple of weeks ago by the state uh, out of foreclosure. And uh, anyway, that, that's the end the end of that story. So, <laughs> mm. um, yeah, certainly, certainly learned along the way um, what sort of things to to watch out for. But yeah, anyway. fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, are you ready for a speed round? Let's do it. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? Time freedom. And what do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started? How many incredible operators there are out there in all the the different incredible asset classes and not thinking that um that the one deal that you have in front of you is either that's the deal or no deal there's there's just a plethora of opportunities out there and what's a book that you can recommend to other investors uh I like to nerd out on the tax stuff because I make a, a lot of money in my w2 and uh so advanced tax strategies by Amanda Han if, if you got a tax problem with your, your W-2, start digging into that. Awesome. How can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about your podcast, about Turbine, and just what you have going on with real estate? Yeah. So uh, Passive Income Pilots is our, our podcast. It's on all the platforms. Uh, caters towards pilots, but obviously, you know, um, 
is applicable to anybody in a in a high paying W two profession. Uh, that's sort of built. Ryan and I built that as sort of a unbiased third party education platform that just it you know there's no sales pitch. It's just pure raw real estate education and investment education for for pilots really. Uh, Turbine Capital is our private equity fund. Uh, it's at turbinecap.com, T-U-R-B-I-N-E. It's a play on a jet engine cap as in capital.com. Uh, we have an investor club there if you'd like to check us out. Um, and uh, if you'd like to, to reach out to me personally, you can always do that. Uh, my first name is Tate, T-A-I-T at turbinecap.com. Great. And is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? No, thank you so much for having me on and uh, really appreciate what you're doing for your audience as as we do for, for ours. So thank you so much for the opportunity, Matt. Absolutely. All right. Thanks and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.